Hello everyone. Tonight's episode is about Raymond Fernandez and Martha Beck. In case you didn't know, Raymond Fernandez and Martha Beck were a serial killer couple. They were convicted of one murder, are known to have committed at least two more, and were suspected of killing up to 20 victims during a spree between 1947 and 1949. Raymond Fernandez was born in the territory of Hawaii to Spanish parents on December 17, 1914. Shortly thereafter, the family moved to Bridgeport, Connecticut. As a teenager, Fernandez went to work on his uncle's farm in Spain. He married a young local woman and had four children with her, all of whom he abandoned later in life. After serving in the Spanish Merchant Navy and with British intelligence services during World War II, Fernandez decided to seek a job. Shortly after boarding a ship bound for the U.S., a steel hatch fell on him, fracturing his skull and injuring his frontal lobe. The damage caused by this injury may well have affected his social and sexual behavior. Upon his release from the hospital, Fernandez stole some clothing and was subsequently imprisoned for a year, during which time his cellmate converted him to a belief in voodoo and black magic. Fernandez later claimed black magic gave him irresistible power and charm over women. That was a little back history on Fernandez. Here's a little back history on Martha Beck. Martha Beck was born Martha Jewel Seabrook on May 6, 1920, in Milton, Florida. Allegedly due to a glandular problem, then a common explanation for obesity, Beck was overweight and underwent puberty prematurely. At her trial, she claimed to have been raped by her brother and subsequently beaten by her mother blaming Beck for the incident. Her mother beat her because she blamed her supposedly for what her brother did to her. I just wanted to be clear. I didn't feel I was very clear. As a teen, Beck ran away from home to join a traveling circus. Writer Truman Capote, one of my favorite authors, later claimed to have briefly toured with Beck when he was 10 years old. 
After finishing school, Beck studied nursing, but had trouble finding a job due to her weight. She initially became an undertaker's assistant and prepared female bodies for burial. She soon quit that job and moved to California, where she worked in a United States Army hospital as a nurse. While living in California, she became pregnant, but the father of the baby refused to marry her, single and pregnant at a time when social stigma existed concerning out-of-wedlock childbirth, Beck returned to Florida. Beck claimed that her child's father had been killed in the Pacific Campaign. The town mourned her loss and the story was published in the local newspaper. Shortly after her daughter was born, she became pregnant again by a Pensacostal Pensacola bus driver named Alfred Beck. That's Pensacola. That's another name right up there with Mississippi that I sometimes butcher. But oddly enough, I have no trouble saying Massachusetts. Well, anyway, she and this bus driver named Alfred Beck, they married quickly and divorced six months after. She gave, to a, she gave birth to a son by Alfred Beck. Unemployed and now the single mother of two young children, Beck escaped into a fantasy world, buying romance magazines and novels and watching romantic movies. In 1946, she found employment at the Pensacola Hospital for Children. I said it, Pensacola. I'm proud of myself. Wow. <laughs> she placed a Lonely Hearts ad in 1947, which Raymond Fernandez answered. Now we're going to get to the murders. Fernandez visited Beck and stayed for a short time. She told everyone they were going to be married. He returned to New York City while she made preparations in Florida. When she was abruptly fired from her job, Beck packed her things and arrived on Fernandez's doorstep in New York. Fernandez enjoyed the way she catered to his every whim, and when he learned she had left her children for him, he thought it was a sign of unconditional love. He was obviously a narcissist. In my way of thinking, if someone left their children to be with me, I would think they were a pretty shitty person. But that's just me. He confessed his criminal enterprises to Beck, who quickly sent her children to the Salvation Army in order to devote herself to Fernandez without any distractions. Like I said, shitty person. Beck posed as Fernandez's sister. 
giving him an air of respectability. Their victims feeling more secure knowing there was another woman in the house often agreed to stay with the pair. Beck also convinced some victims that she lived alone and that her brother was only a guest. She was extremely jealous and went to great lengths to make sure Fernandez and his intended never consummated their relationship. When he did have sex with a woman, Beck subjected both to her violent temper. Basically, she acted violently. Girlfriend was a loose cannon. In 1949, the pair committed the three murders for which they were later convicted. Janet Fay, 66, became engaged to Fernandez and went to stay at his Long Island apartment. When Beck caught her in bed with Fernandez, she brutally struck Fay's head with a hammer and in a murderous rage. Well, that was kind of dumb, in a murderous rage. Obviously, Angela, she was in a murderous rage to strike the woman in the head with a hammer. I'm not making... I'm not making light of this. There's nothing funny about striking another human being in the head with a hammer. I'm making fun of myself. Fernandez then strangled Faye. God, that poor woman. She gets struck in the head with a hammer by the woman, and then the man strangles her. Anyway, um... Janet Faye's family became suspicious when she disappeared, and Fernandez and Beck fled, of course. <clears throat> Beck and Fernandez traveled to Byron Center Road in Wyoming Township, Michigan, a suburb of Grand Rapids, where they met and stayed with Delphine Downing, a 28-year-old widow with a 2-year-old daughter, on February 28th, Downing became agitated and Fernandez gave her sleeping pills to calm her. The daughter witnessed Downing's resulting stupor and began to cry, which enraged Beck. Panicked, Beck strangled the child but didn't kill her. Fernandez thought Downing would become suspicious if she saw bruises on her daughter. So he shot the unconscious woman. Good Lord, these people, I don't think they know what being rational is. Well, I guess that's why we have murderers and serial killers. Lack of rationality. The couple then stayed for several days in Downing's house after they shot her to death and tried to strangle her daughter. Again, enraged by the daughter's crying, well, of course she's going to cry. Her mom's gone. She probably heard you and saw you shoot her mom. Anyway, they were enraged that the daughter kept crying, so Beck drowned her in a basin of water. They buried the bodies in the basement, but suspicious neighbors reported the Downing's disappearance. Thank God for nosy neighbors. 
leading the police to arrive at the door on March 1, 1949, and arrest Beck and Fernandez. Fernandez quickly confessed. The pair denied committing 17 murders that were attributed to them. And Fernandez tried to retract his confession, saying he made it only to protect Beck. Wow, he turned on her real quick. They were extradited to New York, which still instituted the death penalty. Faye's murder was the only one for which the couple were tried, and they were both sentenced to death. They were executed at Sing Sing Prison on March 8, 1951. Thank you for listening to tonight's episode.